Jonah chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Jonah 4, starting in verse 1. Well, if you're a driver, uh, you may appreciate this. You may be aware of this. If you're not a driver, this is just education for you. So just receive it as that. Uh, but there are a handful of lights that come up on your dashboard from time to time. Some of them will look a little bit like this. Yeah. Like that. Um, some lights that come up on your dashboard are just indicators, like, hey, your cruise control's on, or whatever. If these lights come up on your dashboard, that's a problem. These are warning lights. Warning lights, like you have a brake system problem, you have an oil problem, you're... Your battery's messed up, you've got a door open, something like that. All of these lights are indicators that there is a problem. You should pay attention. There's a problem. The light is on indicating that there is a problem. But the light is not the problem. It's merely indicating that there is a problem. If we treated the light as if it was a problem, we just said, okay, look, how, how, do, I, how do I unscrew the bulb to get the light off? You're still left with a problem. And perhaps not addressing the problem, but just addressing the indicator is going to lead you into further problems. It's going to cost you more than you want to pay, more time than you're willing to give, because you address the indicator and not the problem. I have a friend who says that, that emotions are like this, that they're indicators of stuff in us. Sometimes great. And sometimes not great. But they're indicators. They're not the problem. And for so many of us, we treat what's going on in us, and we treat the indicator, but we don't treat the problem. And we're looking at the light saying, how do we turn the light off? When really what the light is saying is there's a problem somewhere else. There's a deeper issue that you need to address. Go find it. Address it. And the indicator will go off. Emotions are like this. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be in this series called All the Feels. Looking at a handful of emotions that you deal with because we are people who deal with emotions on a day-to-day -day basis. God created you with emotions. However, if we do not know how to navigate those emotions, or we become people who live by them, we can be led into destruction really quickly. And so what we wanna do over the next few weeks is just to look at the scriptures, identify a handful of emotions, and see what does the Bible have to say about how to rightly view this and how to rightly deal with it if we need to. And so tonight from Jonah chapter four, we're going to look at the emotion of anger. So if you've got your Bible open, Jonah chapter four, starting in verse one, I will read, 1 through 11. This is what the Word of God says. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord... Please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till, the, till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head. 
to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm and attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? So we're looking at the emotion of anger for here from Jonah chapter 4. And throughout the whole Bible, by majority, the Bible's going to address anger in a negative way. It's going to say anger is something to be avoided. Angry people are people to be avoided. You should flee from anger. You should repent of anger. You should deal with anger. Anger is something we do not want to deal with. It's typically something the Bible's going to identify as sin. And so from here from Jonah chapter 4, how does it identify sinful anger? We'll pick up this question that God asked Jonah in verse 4. He says to Jonah, do you do well to be angry? I want this question to roll in your minds as we're going. Do you do well to be angry? Because if we're just honest about our life, many of us deal with anger at some point. And if the scriptures are true, then many of us are in a are acting in a way that is sinful. Because that's how the Bible describes it. So what are indicators of sinful anger? How do we know if the anger that we feel is sinful anger? Well, the first thing is this. Sinful anger seeks to justify sinful action. Sinful anger seeks to justify sinful action. Look back at verse one. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Jonah, in his anger at what has just happened, says to God, I knew you would do this. That's why I bailed in the first place. If you remember Jonah chapter one, God calls Jonah. He's like, hey, Jonah, go to Nineveh, that great city, and they're evil. Call out against them as a prophet. And what does Jonah do? He goes the opposite way. He says, not today, God. I ain't doing that. And he goes another way. He flees from the presence of the Lord. That's what Jonah one, one through three would say. And Jonah here is saying, you know why I chose that sin, God? Because I knew that you would make them turn. And in his anger, what does Jonah do? He seeks to justify his sinful behavior. I abandoned you, God. I turned away from you. And I'm justified to do it. In his anger, he seeks to justify his sinful behavior because that's what sinful anger does. It seeks to ju justify sinful action. And for us, it's probably not justifying fleeing from God. But it sounds something like this. I mean, if they wouldn't have been rude to me, I wouldn't have been rude to them. They had it coming. I mean, what goes around comes around, right? They were asking for it. I had to hit them. I just couldn't take it anymore. They wouldn't shut up. 
I had to do it. They wouldn't quit. They wouldn't stop. They were asking for it. You don't know what they did to me. We act in our sinful anger because sinful anger seeks to justify sinful behavior. Second thing that identifies sinful anger. Sinful anger exposes the problem, but it is not the problem. Look back at verse 2. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you were a God that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah, in his anger, exposes that he has a problem, but his problem is not anger. His problem is selfishness. He looks on the repentance of the Ninevites, right? He goes and calls out to them in Jonah chapter three and they turn, they repent, They turn to bow down to the one true God. Exactly what he came to do by God's hand happened, and Jonah is angry. He's mad about it. And his anger is exposing that he has a problem. But his problem is not anger. His problem is selfishness. I wanted what I wanted, and I didn't want them to repent. I wanted them to be destroyed. In our anger, it exposes that we have a problem. But that problem is not your anger. It's something else. It's something deeper. It's the light. The anger is the light on the dash, friends. It's the light on the dash telling you there's a problem somewhere else. There's a problem somewhere else. Many of you say, oh, I've got anger issues. I've got serious anger issues. No, you don't have anger issues. You might have selfishness issues. You might think things like, I get angry when it doesn't go my way. I get angry when I'm inconvenienced. When I didn't get what I wanted, when they get in my way, when they cut me off in traffic, when my brother annoys me, when my sister annoys me, I just lose it because I have anger problems. Well, you don't have anger problems. You have a selfishness problem. Maybe it's not selfishness. Maybe you have a pride problem. You get angry when your reputation gets messed with. When somebody embarrasses you in front of people that are really popular and you're going to lose some cred, you lose it. You don't have an anger problem. You have a pride problem. The anger is the indicator on the dash telling you there's a problem somewhere else. And maybe you don't have a selfishness problem or a pride problem. Maybe your anger is exposing that you're tired of hiding and living the double life that you're living. Because you know behind closed doors what nobody else sees, you're doing things that you hate. But you don't want anybody to know. And so the way that you block people off is by being angry. But your problem's not anger. Your problem is unconfessed sin. And maybe it's none of those things. Maybe you're angry because you have a wound. Maybe you have a legitimate hurt from somebody else. And the way that it's exposing it itself is anger. You don't have an anger problem. You have a wound that you need to be healed. And you need to expose it 
and trust God to deal with it. Your anger is just telling you. It's the light on the dash saying there's a problem somewhere else. There's a problem somewhere else. Your anger communicates that you have a problem, but anger is not your problem. Third thing, sinful anger feels justified, but it is not. Look at verse 5. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm and attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, now the second time, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. What does Jonah do in his anger? He seeks to justify. He feels justified. God asks him, do you do well to be angry? And what is Jonah's answer? Yes, God. Of course this is this is justified. Of course I'm doing well to do this. Do you know what those people did to my people? They took us into captivity. They took us into exile. Of course I do well to be angry. I'm justified in feeling this way. Maybe that's it for you. Your sinful anger, you'll feel justified in it. But it's not justified. You'll think or say things like, how could I not be angry? Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they said to me? Do you know what they didn't do that they should have done but haven't ever done? Of course, well, how could I not be angry, Kate? And you, you think you're justified in your anger, but you're not. You're not. Fourth thing. Sinful anger results in extreme responses. It results in extreme responses. Look back at verse three. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life for me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jump down to verse nine. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. In Jonah's anger, he responds in an extreme way. He says, you know what? I'd rather die than watch this nation that I hate repent. And in his sinful anger, he responds in an extreme way. And maybe for you, your extreme, response, your extreme responses are indicating that you have sinful anger in you. Maybe you say things like, I hate you. I'm never speaking to you again. I'll never forgive them. I just can't trust people fully anymore. God doesn't care about me. And over and over again, you verbally explode in your sinful anger. And so maybe for some of you, that response comes out in an extreme way verbally, but maybe for some of you, the response comes out in an extreme way physically. You don't yell. You don't say things that are extreme. You physically 
are rough with people. You shove people. You punch people because your anger controls you. And the way that it expresses itself is in anger. The way that it expresses itself is in some kind of physical contact with somebody else. That anger is sinful, friends. That's not from the Lord. Last thing. Sinful anger cares more about self than the purposes of God. Sinful anger cares more about self than the purposes of God. Look at verse 10. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in the night and perished in the night. And should not I pity Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. God speaks to Jonah and says, look, you're mad about this plant that you didn't even put there or take away. But you refuse to pity this people, this great nation. There's over 120,000 people there that are souls, Jonah. Why should I not pity them and call them to repentance? Why are you not celebrating that they are bowing down to the one true God? Why? Because in his anger, he cares more about himself than the purposes of God. And that's how sinful anger looks. You will care more about yourself than the purposes of God. It is my hurt against me. They've wronged me. I don't deserve this. You care more about yourself than the purposes of God. That anger is sinful. That anger is sinful. There's a cost to that. What's the cost of not addressing sinful anger? The first thing is this. It's going to lead to unforgiveness at some level. I read a quote. It said this. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Sounds silly. That's exactly what it's like. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Many of you hold on to forgiveness against people that have wronged you. Look at me. I don't know how you've been wronged. How you've been wronged is legit, though. Hear me say, how you've been wronged is legitimate wrong. Withholding forgiveness is not okay. In fact, it's a command from God. He says in Ephesians 4, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. So to withhold forgiveness from somebody is to say, I do not understand the gospel that has forgiven me, is to say to them, I'm worthy of forgiveness and of undeserved, gracious forgiveness from God, but you, my friend, are not. And in that scenario, you're playing God, and that never goes well. Simple anger will lead to unforgiveness. And the second thing, unforgiveness will likely lead to bitterness. So it will grow, and the roots will spread into your heart. And that bitterness will control you. You will operate out of it. You won't trust people. You'll keep them at arm's length. You'll be mean to people because you're bitter, but the only way you know how to not get hurt is to be mean to them. Because this bitterness is linked to this unforgiveness is ruling you. 
and it comes out in anger. But anger is just a light on the dashboard telling you there's a problem somewhere else. Sinful anger will result in lashing out at other people and hurting others. Maybe you find yourself yelling at people because you just can't control it. Maybe you find yourself physically harming people because you just can't control it. The light's on on the dashboard telling you there's a problem somewhere else. Find it. And finally, you'll lash out against God. You'll say things about God or to God that you never would have thought you would find yourself saying. Because this anger that's in you is ruling you. It's controlling you. It's controlling you. And I don't want you to feel like this is not something that I deal with. In fact, this whole deal describes me for about two years of my life. When I was 18, uh, my parents officially separated and then divorced. However, from the time that I was in the fourth grade, my parents' marriage was a joke. My dad was unfaithful to my mom when I was in fourth grade. Uh, and from then on, uh, their marriage was just a disaster. They slept in separate rooms. I mean, they, it was a rare interaction. And then when I was 18, I remember walking in my back door and my dad looking at me and saying, I'm leaving. And that was the last time that my father lived in the same house as me. They would later officially divorce. And I remember getting so angry. And it exposed itself just like we described. My sinful anger sought to justify my sinful behavior. It was okay for me to do whatever it is that I was doing because I was wronged. It is not okay. My dad blew up our family. It was okay for me to act like I was acting. My sinful anger exposed that I had a problem, but the anger wasn't the problem. The sinful anger led to unforgiveness, and it was rooted in me, and it was exposing, Cade, you have a problem. The light is on. Look somewhere else. But I wouldn't. I was angry. My sinful anger felt justified. Now, I remember thinking, he deserves this. I remember thinking, he doesn't deserve my forgiveness. After what he did to our family, he doesn't deserve this. It felt justified. My sinful anger resulted in all kinds of extreme responses. I can vividly remember screaming at my mom and my sister. And I wasn't mad at them. But I was losing control because this anger ruled my life. The light was on. The problem was somewhere else. I remember my sinful anger caring more about myself than the purposes of God, thinking things like, he doesn't deserve Forgiveness. If I forgive him, then I'm saying that what he did was okay. I'm letting him off the hook. And it ruled me. It ruled me. You know what freed me from that? 
forgiving my dad. I had to resolve by somebody loving me enough to say, Cade, you don't have to respect your dad. You have to forgive your dad. It's a command from God. And so I took my hand off of my dad's throat in so many ways to say, I've forgiven you. By the blood of Jesus, I'm saying you're forgiven. And that freed me. That uprooted the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the lashing out at other people and the lashing out at God. Friends, I can remember when my dad walked out of the house going up on my bed and saying out loud to God, you don't know what you're doing. And maybe some of you have been in a really similar scenario. Maybe some of you are in that scenario because you're angry. But that's just the light, the problem somewhere else. The problem somewhere else. So find it and deal with it. For many of you, you need to repent of your selfishness. You need to repent of your pride. You need to confess your sin that you're hiding and find freedom. But for others of you, you need to find healing of the wound that you carry because somebody's hurt you and that's probably going to look like forgiveness. And I'm not saying that's easy. It will be uncomfortable. It will feel like you're saying they get away with it. You're not. Because in God's forgiveness of us, it's not him saying you're going to get away with your sin. In fact, Somebody is on the hook for our sin. It's just not you. Jesus went on the hook for your sin so you could go free. So who are we to hold people on the hook that we are never having to be on again? Let them go. I'm, I, I'm promising you the path to freedom is via forgiveness. It will be really difficult. It will be difficult. I still, I still have to remember to forgive my dad. Like there are moments that it wells up in me and I have to remember he is forgiven. I have let go of that, but I'm telling you, it's the better way. It's the way to life. God is inviting you into a better way, the way to life, to let go of that. And stop living a life that's ruled by your anger. But maybe this is the pushback that you have. Hey, Kate, isn't there such thing as righteous anger? Like the Bible talks about righteous anger. You would be right. Psalm chapter 4, verse 4 says this, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Ephesians 4, 26, Be angry and do not sin. Sin, so obviously there is a way to be angry that is not sinful anger. That's what the Bible says. There is non-sinful, you've heard it described as righteous anger. Let's just be honest on the front side. 99% of our anger is not that. You're angry because of your inconvenience. You're angry because of your pride or selfishness, whatever. 
some of your anger is right. Listen to me. It would have been okay for me to be angry at divorce. God himself is angry at divorce. But I wasn't angry at divorce. I was angry at people who were blowing up my life who happened to be getting divorced. For some of you, you have been harmed. And listen to me. That injustice on you, God is angry at. It is not wrong to be angry at that injustice. It is wrong to put your hand on the throat of those people and withhold forgiveness. That kind of anger is sinful anger. So how do we understand righteous anger? How can we tell if it's righteous anger or not? John Bloom from Desiring God helps me a lot with this. He has a couple of questions. Here's the first question to help us identify if it's righteous anger. One, am I angry because of an offense against God's name or an offense against mine? Am I angry because the offense that was done is really an offense against the glory of the infinite God or am I more offended that that was an offense against my name? Because at the end of this, friends, this is about God's glory. Next question. Is God angered by or at the same thing that you are? Whatever you're angry at, is God angered by it? Do you find God angered by it in the scriptures? Is God angry at the same thing that you are angered at? We see this in Matthew chapter 21. It says this in verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple, drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Listen, he was, he was legit upset, frustrated, angry. Call it what you want. Man was flipping tables. Because of the defaming of his father's name, you've made this house a den of robbers. It should be a house of prayer. Does what you're angry at anger God? If it doesn't, it's not righteous anger. It's not righteous anger. Next question is this, am I grieved or am I just mad? Am I grieved by what I see? Does it move me to grief? Mark chapter 3, 1 through 6 says this, He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of, the, the son of Mary, and mother of James and Joseph and Ju Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives in his household. And he could not, and he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. Healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. There's another moment in Mark chapter 3. It says, and again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that he might accuse them. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to him, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. 
And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Did you catch it? Jesus' anger was rooted in grief because these people cared more about some kind of man-written code than restoring this man's health. Does your anger move you to grief? Are you grieved over the injustice? Are you grieved over what you're seeing? My anger at my parents' divorce didn't move me to grief. I felt wrong, but it didn't grieve me for my parents. But it could have. Last question. Does what I am angry about move me to constructive, helpful action? Does what I am angry about move me to constructive, helpful action? Action. Sinful anger is going to lead you to destructive action. Righteous anger will lead you to constructive, helpful action. Should you be angry at the fact that there are an incredible amount of people in a slave trade all over the world right now? Yes, God is angered by that. But you shouldn't just slander those people, go to Twitter and just, just obliterate them. You know what you should do? Join an effort to free people. Does your anger move you to constructive, helpful action? For me, did my, did my parents' divorce drive me to pray for broken marriage and ask God to restore it? Because it could have. Does your anger cause you to pray for your enemies? Because Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Do you find yourself moving that way when the light comes on? One leads to sinful anger, the other one doesn't. Okay, so what should we do if we feel angry then? The first thing you should do is this. You should analyze it. You should analyze it. What kind of anger is this? Is it sinful anger? Am I more worried about me? Am I seeking to justify? Am I ex ex responding in an extreme way? Why am I angry? What is the real problem? The light's on. Where is the problem? What's my anger directed towards? Am I angry at what makes God angry, or am I just wronged? And if it's righteous anger, does it result in compassionate, helpful action? Or, or is it leading you to sinful action? Because that's probably exposing that it's sinful anger. Analyze your anger. That's not wrong. That's helpful. If it's sinful anger, what should you do? You should repent of it. You should repent of it. Maybe you need to repent of your selfishness. Maybe you need to repent of you lashing out on your parents. Maybe you need to repent of your pride. Maybe you need to repent of how you wrong somebody. But you need to repent of it. You need to own it. That will lead you to freedom. And maybe, maybe for some of you, you'll have to do this last one. Maybe you need to talk to somebody about it. Maybe it rules you and you don't know how to identify where the problem is. Maybe the light's on and you're losing it and you don't know where to find the problem. Look at me. Talk to somebody. Not your fellow teenage friends, 
Come and find me. Come and find Allie. Come and find your life group leader. Come go and find your parents. You need to talk to somebody. Find where the problem is. Because if you don't, it will just lead to further destruction that costs you more than you want to pay and keep you longer than you want to stay. Talk about it. Be vulnerable. Say, this is in me and I don't know where to, where to go. That's the pathway to freedom, friends. That's the pathway to freedom.